to In My Mug episode 338 on Monday. May the 4th be with you. Uh, I'm your host, Stephen Layton. Welcome to In My Mug. Let's get some news. News time. Um, I've got a thank you to say. Uh, thank you to all the positive feedback about blend prices going up. Um, Last week I said to you there's lots of reasons why it's happened and I know lots of you have looked at the blog post but do go look at go.hasbeen.co.uk forward slash price rise uh, and you'll find out uh, what I'm talking about. The thing that surprised me most is the way that you guys have reacted so positively to it. Um, it yeah, thank you. Um, you were all pretty awesome. You know you're awesome anyway. But um, yeah, it was just lovely. Thank you. Um, Tampa Tantrum. Now I've talked about this before, but you should go check out the site www.tampatandrum.com on your screen now. Um, it's, if you're the tiniest bit interested in coffee, uh, you're going to enjoy some of these videos and audio podcasts that we're putting together on there. Um, coffee talks, not just from me, but from other people as well, kind of influential movers and shakers in the world of coffee. Go check out the site, it's really interesting. We've really ramped up the content on there recently as well. There's been a lot more uh, activity and every Monday there's something new going up and for the past couple of weeks we've had something every Wednesday and Friday as well. Uh, but yeah, go check that out. And whilst on that theme, um, I know we have lots of friends who live in the Czech Republic who watch this. Um, we're taking Tampa Tantrum on the road to Prague. Um, so check out one of the posts on Tampa Tantrum about how you can get tickets and you can come and say hi and come and enjoy uh, those presentations in the real world. And that was the news. Um, so we should get on with Focus On. And this week, Focus On is on Nicaragua and its coffee production. So the country of Nicaragua is set between the Pacific Ocean and the Caribbean Sea and is obviously Central America uh, and it is well known for its amazing terrain, lakes, volcanoes and beaches. Uh, vast Lake Managua is absolutely huge and they've got the iconic volcanoes like Mamatambo and uh, they sit to the north of the capital of uh, Managua. Uh, and in the south you've got Granada, the Spanish colonial influences and architecture that's there. Um, it's also a very popular sailing and bird watching place, uh, awful lot of uh, flora and fauna going on. Um, Nicaragua is amongst the poorest countries in the Americas, in fact it's the second poorest economy uh, in the northern hemisphere after the country of Haiti. Um, this has caused a huge amount of uh, mass migration, uh, mainly people going to the USA. Um, and there's evidence of this that there's nearly a billion dollars sent to Nicaragua by those living abroad every year. So people are basically getting to work in age, going to the States, sending money back home to their folks. Um, according to the United Nations, 48% uh, of the population in Nicaragua live below the poverty line. 79% of the population live on less than $2 a day. Um, and according to the UN, 80% of the indigenous people, who are 5% of the population, live on less than $1 per day. Um, it's an incredibly poor country, but incredibly safe. Uh, one of the safest countries in Central America. You are least likely to get robbed, mugged or beaten up in Nicaragua than anywhere else in, in Central America. Um, it's a country that's incredibly close to my heart too, um, as it was the first coffee growing country I ever visited. And um, I get 
quite bleary-eyed and uh, uh, reminiscent when I start talking about Nicaragua. But coffee production's been an important part of the history and economy of the country. Um, it was one of the country's principal products, um, not so important these days. Um, but there are lots of areas in Nicaragua that grow coffee. So you've got Managua, Darimba, San Marcos, Chinatepe, um, Granada, Lake Nicaragua, Chantales, um, uh, Matagalpa, where this coffee is from, and Ginatega. Um, the last two being probably the most famous ones um, for real high specialty coffee. Um, as I say, it's always been a very important part of Nicaraguan coffee growing, uh, uh, Nicaragua's economy. Like back in the 1850s, sorry, it was when they started growing. And by 1870, it was just the number one export. They were throwing it out the door. Uh, now it's dwindled back a bit. They are the 15th biggest producer of coffee in uh, the world, uh, behind the much smaller El Salvador and Costa Rica. So bigger landmass, but less. They have a, a huge cotton industry that goes on in Nicaragua as well, which is a lot of the reason very crop driven though and that was focus on a long focus on but I, I, I love Nicaragua I kind of know this stuff about the place and it's somewhere that I, I really do love um, we bought this coffee first of all that we're going to talk about this week back in 2007 as part of a buying group and I loved it the first time I cupped it and I just had to get it so I drove the, the buying group to, to be able to get it. Um, ironically I found it after the auction had closed that it was owned by a family in Nicaragua that the only people I probably know there uh, and are actually incredibly good friends, um, the Maresh family. Uh, the following year I visited the farm with our importers and spent the whole trip basically begging the importers to bring this coffee in because it's not a farm that they worked with. Eventually they gave in um, and they uh, they kindly moved it for us um, and this worked well for a few years but then a few years back we received notice that the importers weren't going to be buying uh, the coffee from uh, from the family anymore for other reasons and these reasons weren't cup quality but there was just a breakdown in relationship so this led to I didn't want to lose this amazing coffee so lots of frantic phone calls backwards and forwards lots of emails um, and, and a huge financial commitment from us it was a, a big scary step when we did it but we ended up buying the coffee directly um, there were many obstacles in the way when we were trying to set up the deal. There were many problems with it, but we were, we were really lucky to be able to pull it off back in that day. Uh, I still don't know how we did it. Um, it was a little bit of one of those, um, we tried really hard and it just kind of came off. Um, but there's an upside to all of that stuff is that I, I love looking at it and seeing how, this is how Hasbeen has developed. So first of all, we bought in Cup of Excellence, then we went and bought through uh, an importer because we couldn't buy directly at the time. And then we bought directly. And this year we bought two containers from them. Um, it's a lot of coffee from that family for us. It's not so much for them, but every year I go and spend two or three days with uh, Eliane and Erwin uh, and Dr. Maresh and, and hang out. And it's been a really good uh, form of the relationship. And we're going to be looking at some of the other varietals and stuff from this farm later on in the uh, later on in the in my mug you know further episodes when we do uh, i'm going to show you an interview of uh, of the family it's, it's absolutely amazing 
So the farm is based in Matagalpa, it's 171 hectares, has nine waterfalls in there, and he's owned by the Maresh family. Um, they're probably the most famous producers in Nicaragua, known for their experimental work, processing work, varietal work, exceptional coffee, and also they do their own auction now, Los Favorites, which happened last Wednesday, um, and hopefully we've, uh, last Thursday, sorry, and hopefully we've bought a lot because it's about to start. I'm recording this a bit early, by the way, in half an hour. So I'm going to be going and buying some stuff from that auction. Um, and this is because they own seven farms, uh, all that have amazing different varietals, different processes. Um, some of you may remember the yellow pacamara of last year that comes from there, which is uh, the Los Favorites that we bought a couple of years ago. Um, Interestingly though, although they own all of these farms and they're very big landowners, um, they are very well loved by the people that work for them and a lot of this is because they pay more money than the minimum wage than they have to. They provide free housing for the people who live on the farms, free electricity, free running water, uh, free food to all of the workers so at lunchtime everybody gets fed. Uh, they have free daycare facilities which I've been lucky enough to go around and see and the kids seem to love that. They have free healthcare facilities they have teachers who um, not just educate the kids but actually educate um, the, the the workers too so they get taught things like pottery weaving um, giving them different skills uh, but also keeping them interested and motivated and, and and you know wanting to stay on the farms an amazing setup they have on Limoncillo it is absolutely beautiful you should definitely go check out my photos on Flickr of it it is just absolutely gorgeous picture book beautiful okay so the farm is called Finca El Limoncillo it's owned by the Maresh family uh, it's in the region of Matagalpa uh, it's 171 hectares of which 109 hectares are coffee producing has an altitude of around about 1200 meters above sea level this is the Katura varietal and it is a fully washed and sun-dried coffee right I'm gonna go and do the map week's wonderful wonderful map bit where we've got a little bit of extra information because we're going to be using Limoncillo a few times I think so thought we'd make this one a little bit more in depth um, we're going across the Atlantic and we're going to the wonderful country of Nicaragua uh, you see just above it you've got Honduras above there Guatemala just below it Costa Rica and Panama and uh, let's get down into Nicaragua. Um, you see Managua there on the star, that's the capital city. Um, and here's our little silly fact about Nicaragua. There are no street names in Nicaragua address system. Addresses are given by using reference points or landmarks. So uh, quite difficult to send a letter, I guess. Um, let's get down to the farm. And all of what you can see there is the farm. There is a lot of tree coverage there, though. Um, highest point of Nicaragua is the Mogaton Mountain at 2,438 metres above sea level. And the lowest point, of course, is the Pacific Ocean, which is at no, because it's sea level. Duh. Um, right, so the land area of Nicaragua, it's very kind of quite big country for Central America, uh, 120 square kilometres, 120,000 square kilometres, even 120 square kilometres won't be very big. Um, and the land use, a lot of it is used for, uh, for crops and for uh, cattle. So you've got arable 15%, uh, permanent crops 1.94%, and other 82%, which is stuff like cities, forests, uh, all sorts of wonderful things like that. So this is at the top of the mountain. 
mountain looking down the valley. Uh, where the pinpoint is, is actually the farm buildings. Let's see if we can kind of get into those farm buildings. And uh, let's just highlight those as well. So let's put a little line around them. So that's the main farm buildings. Just to the right of that, um, you've actually got the waterfall, one of the one of seven waterfalls on the farm. But um, the tree coverage just means you can't actually see them. Um, and that was the slightly longer but slightly more interesting map bit. Rather a good map bit, I think. Um, I love it when we can kind of see farm buildings and stuff like that. It's, it's extra special. Um, now, where's Roland Blue and his daft fact? The most popular sport in Nicaragua is baseball, not football like what Stephen likes. Also, up until the early 90s, Nicaragua was in a violent civil war. But after the civil war, USAID spent a lot of time and money and education on helping coffee producers to plant coffee. And that's why we've seen a boost in the quality and the quantity. For that Roland. Lots of facts in there. I'm gonna wipe you on pause, I'm gonna go and get tasting delicious coffee, be back with you in just a second. Let's do this. So espresso. You might be able to see a little smile on my face because I know this is gonna be awesome. So the front end you get a beautiful sweetness, caramel, but then in that aftertaste you get a little kind of bite of apple, it's green fresh juicy apple, a little bit like last week's one, um, but this is just more, this is the volume turned up to 11, um, I'm going to finish this one, it is a delicious espresso, it is a fantastic espresso. Um, for me, it makes me very, very happy to be able to have this espresso again. We ran out of this about two months ago and uh, I've been waiting for the new crop ever since. But So when you add the milk to it, that green apple does die down. It disappears almost and you just get the caramel. So you've got a lovely, sweet, sticky caramel a great mouthfeel, mixing with that sweet milk. It's just sweetness booned. Um, I'm going for a second sip of a cappuccino, for God's sake. And that is great. Oh, oh yes, that is delicious. And, oh, pouring it everywhere. Into the brood. And this is where this descriptor comes alive and I use it, I've used it for the last seven years. It's like biting into a toffee apple. Caramel sweetness, juicy green apple, clean, fresh. It's absolutely beautiful, it's juicy. It explodes in the mouth. It's just so, you can tell I like this coffee. I like this coffee a lot. Um, it is definitely one of my top three coffees. Um, as soon as it's come in, we've got to work on it and to get it out this week. 
we do have a plan for in my mug of what's coming next what's going where this got pushed to the front of the plan because I wanted to share it with you and I wanted to sit here and drink it with you Listen, thank you for joining me as always um, I hope you've enjoyed this week's I hope you're enjoying this week's coffee and do remember life is definitely too short for bad coffee happy bank holiday <laughs>